Hello and welcome to the DLTV podcast. My name's Andrew Williamson. And I'm Mel Cashin. This episode is part of a series that will focus on what is going on in digital learning and teaching. We have some exciting podcasts planned for the rest of 2018, including taking some of the authors of the articles on DLTV Journal, keynotes from the Digicon conference, and finding out what is happening in some of our member schools. How are you going, Mel? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Busy, as always, but... Um... But it's always exciting things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, last week of term and, man, has it really come quickly? What do you oh, think? It certainly has. I know that first term, it just uh, flies by, doesn't it? And um, It's scary. We had reports mentioned today. I'm like, oh, gosh, we're starting oh, no. already. I'm like, hold on, I need some holidays. <laughs> no, no, not reports. Please don't stop. Just shut up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is that time of year. Um, yeah, so what, what, what's been a highlight? Name a highlight for this term. What have you been? Oh, um, look, I think it, I've, we've had a fair bit of movement at my school around teams and things. So for me it's about getting to know people that I'm working with and working with some new people. And, um, and we've got a couple of graduates at our school. So I think that's been really exciting for us, working with graduates and seeing people like come into a, a classroom for the first time. It's really exciting. How about for you? Yeah, well, we've, it's similar for us. Uh, we've had quite a few new staff um, arrive, but we've also had a new principal, which has um, been fantastic. So that's been really exciting for the school. Um, yeah, look, I think because I'm in grade four uh, this year, for two days a week, and uh, our inquiry unit that we've been looking at this term and going into next term has been really exciting. We're looking at the uh, just using the sustainable development goals from the UN as a platform for students diving into some uh, individual personal inquiries, and it's just been amazing. Fantastic. It's, um, we'll have to interview one night, you one night for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, or perhaps another team member. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited about our, uh, our podcast and our guest tonight. Yes, tonight we've got Katie Bourne and Liz Brown from Aiken Creek Primary School. Hello, how are you both? Hi, it's good to talk to you both. Oh, hi, how are you? Great, we're very excited to have you because I know that you've uh, recently uh, published an article in our journal, our DLTV journal, and I know Andrew and I were both really, um, really excited when we, we read the article and thought we needed to get you on straight away. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun to write, just being able to reflect back on some of the things that we did in our classroom and uh, share that with some of the other teachers out there. Great. So can you just tell us a little bit about like your school context and um, at Aiken Creek Primary School and what roles do you both have there? Um, so Aiken Creek is a school in Craigieburn, which is like in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, we're a P to 6 school, so we've got about at the moment, I think we've got just over a 1,000 kids at our school. Um, so it's a big growing school and because it's a new area, we keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, at our school, we have a one-to-one -one iPad program. So most kids at our school have their own iPad and it will be supplied by their families. Um, we try to use these iPads in like our teaching and learning in all the levels um, and they're really creation-based. Um, Katie and I both teach prep and we are team managers together. So we help our team with like the administration and like the organisational flow of our team. 
Um, and we've got a couple newbies in our team too, so we just help assisting in like settling in and um, assisting our department head of our team as well. Sorry, that was me. Um, yeah, brilliant. So early years, I think what, this is what, um, what attracted me so much uh, to the article uh, was your take on how you integrated um, Digitech into the early years uh, and the way in which you did it too through your inquiry unit. So, you know, my question is um, when planning an inquiry unit into digital technologies, um, so it is crucial that all areas of the curriculum are considered and intertwined so the students can see the relevance in their own self. That's a direct quote from um, from the article and it really stood out for me. I was wondering if you could unpack that a little bit and describe some of the process you went about planning this particular inquiry unit. So at Acorn Creek, um, we do a lot of backwards planning. So we have a look at what the students are interested in and what they also need at that point in time. And then we'll look back at the curriculum and see how that will fit in with our curriculum as well. Um, so there was a lot of things throughout the whole process that we sort of were noticing some gaps in their learning. For example, um, directional language. The students, we do have a lot of EAL students that needed to develop directional language such as forwards, backwards, left and right. Um, so we noticed some of the parallels between you know, the curriculum and also the Digitech curriculum, for example, um, understanding algorithms and coding. So we were really lucky um, in the way that the team is quite strong in understanding the curriculums um, to be able to make those links. So, for example, with the directional language, we were able to get the B-bots and Ozobots out where the students were able to describe what they were doing um, to be able to cover all areas of the curriculum all at once. Um, and also providing the right resources at the time for those students to sort of question and inquire um, what they were doing and then having a look at how that does link back into our curriculum and um, sort of ticking those off at the same time. So can you actually tell, what was the inquiry that the students did? What did you do at the start that really sort of unpacked it and got them interested and intrigued and get them thinking about their sort of um, their interests and understandings for it? Yeah, so oh, sorry, Liz. You go. No, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we sort of started off with the big idea of curiosity. So getting them curious in um, the way things move and the way things operate. Um, so we started just by giving them, you know, a lot of those Digitech resources such as the robotics, uh, just for them to start discovering what they were noticing and thinking. Um, so then we were able to unpack that a little bit more in um, getting them to really find out how those those processes do actually work. So it was a lot of tuning in at the start and noticing their misconceptions and what they were really interested in um, before we actually started really going into, um, you know, the process of how digital uh, resources work and operate. And do you find, I guess, like they're, they're young kids, so for some of them it'll be the first time they've seen robots or interacted in them. Was it really interesting watching that first play sort of session? You'd be surprised um, by how much they can learn so quickly. Like, so whilst some of them have never seen the robots, they would probably learn quicker than all of us combined together in how to use that just through that play. So it was interesting to see them first, like, question how it worked and those misconceptions in that, but then watching them play, 
Um, it was really surprising to see how quickly they could operate them and um, could make links to some of the toys they kind of already have at home that function similarly. Um, so it definitely was interesting, but also surprising as well. Yeah, so um, did you obviously, you know, for the students who hadn't, hadn't seen any robots or anything like this before, how did they pick that up as they went away? Who did they learn from? Was, it, was there intervention from the teachers or did you just stand back and watch the students teach each other? How, how did it look? Um, it comes down to a lot of scaffolding. So at the beginning, um, you know, there were the resources that were put out for the students and there were a lot of trial and error um, learning from each other. But then the teacher also needs to act um, as that scaffold and guide in the classroom. So we don't directly tell them, you know, the answers to their questions, but we do ask the questions to provoke that thinking at the start um, and get them wondering. So they're trialling and error, um, they're communicating with one another to be able to work that out sort of as a team. So as you went along after that sort of first initial stuff um, the, in the, the play area and the curiosity time, um, I know in the article you talk about the, the development of soft skills as well as that the real clear understandings of digital technologies and thinking about it as a curriculum. Um, what, was the, what were the next steps after you sort of got that first understanding from the students? Um, so the soft skills link in really, really well with a lot of the computational thinking. So we started to make links between soft skills and the skills that we, the computational type skills that we wanted to develop in the students in our classroom. Um, for example, communication was a really big one. Um, them being able to justify their thoughts and explain what they were thinking was something that we noticed that the students really struggled with. Um, and that is a big part of the computational thinking as well. Um, so we started to look at ways that we can get students to start explaining what they were doing throughout the process um, of using the digital technologies um, by providing things such as, you know, thinking stems, which are just um, sentence starters to get them explaining their wonderings um, and how their thinking is changing so that they're able to um, sort of apply that a little bit better in building on their understanding. Yeah, fantastic. Um so, you know, I suppose this is all part of the uh, tuning in aspect of process of your inquiry unit. Um, so um, my question is, um, can you describe the process you developed in finding out the students' interests and current understandings and mis misconceptions when planning for the unit? What was the, what was the meat in it? How did you do that? We did a lot of that through um, questioning the children with really open-ended questions so that we could find out what they already knew and where those misconceptions and gaps were in their learning. So we started with a lot of questioning um, and then we provided a lot of talking opportunities amongst the children so that we as the teachers could listen in and really take notes on what the children were conversing with one another because they would open up a lot more and we could really find out um, the holes in their understandings through that um, and we could really see if there were similar interests or different interests across the class um, but it definitely involved a lot of um, documenting of their conversations. We really looked back on documentation that we took so this involved um, writing down scripts of what children 
were having with one another, just the conversations they were having, um, and that really scaffolded our planning from there on throughout. Um, and we did that constantly to make sure we were keeping up with the students' interests. We were um, addressing those misconceptions all throughout the inquiry. It's interesting, isn't it, that we're actually talking about like five and six year old children here who are um, <laughs> and who don't like. I think 10 years ago we'd be having this conversation and be thinking of talking about like secondary school students. So I think it it really is quite amazing and I think that's something um, that's really great about you sharing the things that you're doing coming from that early years perspective to to just see like what these kids can do. Um, So what did they do with their new learning? What were they able to sort of create or go on to next? Um, So we gave all of the students a challenge to design their own uh, robot that uh, was able to solve an everyday problem that they had. So to do that, they needed to plan and think about all of the different learnings that they had taken on, like the parts of um, robotics and why they were important. Um, For example, circuits, um, sensors, wires, power sources. They needed to consider all of those different things to design their robot um, while the robot they made was out of craft materials, they had to think about, you know, what those those actual um, things such as the circuits really did look like. So they were able to recreate those out of craft materials and then justify um, why that's important for their robot. So um, we had some students, you know, some of them were quite cute and funny. Um, so I had some students that didn't like cleaning up the backyard after their dog. Um, so they made a robot that would you know, clean their backyard. So they needed to include things in their robots, such as grabbers um, that they had learnt through some of the other robotics in the classroom and things. Yeah, I had um, some students, a pool recently opened nearby to our school um, and the students realised a problem was that uh, the children need to get saved at the pool. Who's going to save them if the lifesavers are tired? So they constructed a robot to save um, children in the water and they had to think about all the different parts of that robot and made sure that they all had a purpose. So the eyes were actually camera sensors um, and sent real-time footage to a remote control that they made out of a box. So the person controlling the remote could direct the robot to the person that needed saving and through what they learned, they were really able to justify each part of a robot and why it needed all those elements to make it work. Wow. I can see that being implemented now, really. That's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is like I think that link to the real world stuff is um, is really interesting. Now, I know you've talked about um, this particular inquiry that you did, but um, how does digital technologies fit into other inquiries that you do? Have you got other examples? Yeah, so we try to incorporate it um consistently throughout our program. So although this is a whole term inquiry that we did do, um, we do use them quite frequently in our classroom. For example, um, just the other day, my students were retelling and sequencing a story. So um, they used the Ozobots to then um, order the story by creating a map and coding the Ozobots so that it would be able to track through the story while they were retelling. Um, So we're consistently using all of those digital technologies to be able to um, get them to apply those those things in every aspect of school. Do they have a like a favorite 
um, Digitech tool that they like to express themselves with? Is there one that they go to all the time? Or? Probably the iPads are like we use them the most and we've got a lot of apps that they like to express themselves through. At the beginning of the year, um, they don't have a lot of experience, so we're really uh, teaching and scaffolding how to use them. A favourite at the moment is Book Creator and they compile their learning into a digital book on their iPads where they can add, like, images, they can add voice recordings, text, they can even type on there. Um, so that's a favourite at the moment, but throughout the year they definitely get exposed to more and then start loving a whole and lot And what more. are your favourites? <laughs> um, Oh, there's quite a few. My students really loved last year the Spiros. So we used them towards the end of the year for different things. Um, and I've seen the Spiros, for example, used in the upper years too. So I know there was um, during the sports program for the grade fives and sixes, they were using the Spiros to play soccer. So they all had um, the students all coded up the Spiros to be able to play a soccer match against each other which was really cool to see it sounds like there's really that whole school um focus on on digital technologies do you think that helps in that that all of the teachers are talking about digital technologies and that you're seeing it across the school and that children are learning from each other in that way yeah i think so because a lot of the teachers are sharing ideas across even across the year level so we can think about how we can adapt that for our class um, and how we can extend students thinking by those rich discussions that all of the teachers are having and, um, you know, sharing what the students enjoyed as well so that we can have that same enjoyment in our I classes. can imagine walking into your staff rooms at lunchtime and all the teachers are playing with robots. Is that what it's like? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. We do enjoy <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it is it is a lot of fun, you know, like um, – Sharing the examples that we're doing and being able to show another teacher, yeah, we I think we get a kick out and of that. And is that formalised? Do you do that as part of a formalised um, sort of celebration staff professional learning sessions? So how would you? How does it look at Aiton Creek? We used to have a strategic team that would meet every few weeks um, to look into how we could use digital technologies across the school, and then we would in those meetings celebrate how we've used them in each um, sector of the school. So like in lower primary, the middle um, years of primary and the upper years. Uh, we try and put it into our team planners. So we do celebrations every week and we always celebrate learning. Um, and it's always the best time to share that kind of thing because then we can show our uh, fellow teachers as well what we're doing and then they can implement it in their class where it applies. And but how many, how many teachers in the prep team? Just out of interest, like in your eight prep classes this year. <laughs> One of those prep classes um, has two teachers, so there's nine prep wow. teachers. <laughs> it's, um, I can hear people out listening to our podcast right now, or like gaping and going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um, yeah. And how do you go like sharing it with the community? And, and the parent body, do you celebrate in that way as well? We have um, blogs and social media accounts. 
So we really try our best to post on those so that we can share not just like the digital technologies, but all the kids learning. We don't do newsletters. Um, so that's our form of communication with all the families. We have um, the official like government school blogs, but a lot of the teachers are on Twitter as well. And we try and post on there as much as we can to share with all the children's families, but it also helps us connect with other teachers around Australia and the world. That's fantastic. We'll certainly share those in our show notes so that um, so that people can have a look at, uh, at the stuff that you're doing. Fantastic. Oh, well, thank you so much, Katie and Liz. Um, it's been a real pleasure to hear or get a snapshot, really, um, of what's going on at in your classrooms and especially at Aiton Creek Primary School. It sounds like a very special uh, place to uh, work and learn. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. It's been brilliant. No worries. Thanks so much for having us both. That's great. Um, yeah, it's got me thinking about uh, how inspired I am about going back into work tomorrow and the things that um, that we can be doing as well. It's got me inspired about, you know, having a look at the early years in my school as well and, and, and seeing what we can do to really sort of shift the thinking around integrating digital technologies across whatever it is that they do. Now, at uh, Digicon, we will have um, quite a number of early years sessions available for people who are interested in um, in some of the things that are happening with uh, early years and digital technologies. And um, the early bird tickets are still available at the moment, um, only for a very short time now. So if you want to get in and book your tickets to Digicon 18, um, that you can head over to the DLTV website to do that. And there's a session on the uh, for the 27th of April. Mel, is it? It's Python for first time coding uh, for teachers. Is it? Is this one booked out, or is it the one previously that was booked out? Um, we've had a previous one that's been booked out, but I think this one is getting close to being booked out. So, um, so really, do get in. Um, it's interesting um, that it's a great opportunity, I guess, to to go and, and learn about Python, and um, and especially for people who are going, oh, I want to know this, but I'm not really sure where to start. It's a really great session to go and do that. Absolutely. And we're also looking for journal articles um, for our DLTV journal. Uh, I think it's um, coming to that time, sort of mid-year, where we put out our first journal for uh, 2018. And um, uh, if you've got an article or you've got something that you've been doing in your classroom, um, that you'd love to share, uh, please get in contact with the, the office and we'll put you uh, in, in, in contact with the, uh, the right people. Yes. And um, if you do get a chance, especially with holidays at the moment, all of our uh, DLTV journals are on the website. So you can go back and have a look at those um, those over the years. And of course, to go and have uh, a read of um, Liz and Katie's article, as well as many more that were in our last, um, last journal article, well, last journal. Right. All right. Well, I think that's all we're time for tonight, Andrew. I think it is. Nice, short and sweet and awesome. All right. Well, until next time, Mel, uh, we'll see you soon. Yes. See you soon.